0: raider nation it's that time of the week again subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black but yes the las vegas raiders have their guy josh mcdaniels looking for objective opinions and interviews with a-list guests just pod baby congrats
1: on 100 episodes i'm happy for you guys keep doing your thing and thanks for having me man it was a blast look no further
0: You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote.
1: Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Just Pod, baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. We are now about 10 days away from the start of training camp 2023. Rookies will report on July 20th and the vets will arrive on July 25th. So when the next time that we get together to speak on the show, the Raiders will be gathered in Henderson at the team headquarters and football activities will be underway. Now, in the meantime, we are still navigating the doldrums of the late spring and early summer dead period in the NFL. If you've made it this far, hold on a little bit longer. We're almost there. Now the focus of the show this week will obviously be Josh Jacobs. I hope you're not getting too sick of hearing about Josh Jacobs, but you know you have to admit this is the the major headline right now, um, as you know the, the deadline for him and the Raiders uh, that negotiating window. Uh, is, is quickly approaching here on, on Monday, July 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, things have gone down to the wire. Um, I read a lot of uh, g- good stories this week online on the topic uh, that we'll get into in, in just a minute here when, when we get things kicked off. One of those stories came from a from, um, Reporter and Deputy Editor at the Raider Ramble, Alex Monfrida. Uh, Alex' piece is titled, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders, A Mishandling of the League's Most Consistent Running Back. Um, I really enjoyed it. I encourage you to go out there and read it. And I, I did reach out to Alex, and he is going to join us this week in segment number two to discuss his story, as well as some others, uh, other Raiders-related headlines uh, going into training camp. Now, getting back to Josh Jacobs... Uh, he was in Las Vegas this past week for um, his football camp that he puts on. Uh, it's a free football camp that he offers to uh, students and, and, and athletes in, in Las Vegas area. Um, I believe there was 250 uh, campers there. Um, and, and there was plenty of buzz uh, surrounding Josh Jacobs late Thursday night. According to sources, Josh Jacobs is prepared to hold out and not report to camp if a deal is not reached by that Monday deadline of July 17th. Now that comes as no surprise. We, we, we've we sus- suspected that at least for the last couple of weeks that that would be the case. Um, you know, All signs have pointed to that direction. Uh, now a month or two ago, I thought something would get done by now. Uh, I was wrong about that. As I've learned more about the situation, my thoughts have obviously changed on that. Um, and, and real quick, before we, we, we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the show here, uh, just a quick reminder to go out there and subscribe uh, to the podcast. Just type in "just pod baby" in any of the uh, major podcasting platforms and you'll find it. Uh, click the subscribe button, please. Um, the, 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 the new season, the beginning of the season is around the corner. It's about to commence, so you don't uh, want to miss out on anything. You want to make sure you are tuned in for all of the content that I will provide you with. Um, also, you can find me on Twitter at egrope five. My my DMs are open, so feel free to reach out to me uh, there as well. But to get back into the the focus of the show here, um, you know that being Josh Jacobs and this contract uh, stalemate that he is at with with Dave Ziegler and the Raiders. I mentioned that I I read a couple of different stories on Josh Jacobs and his contract uh, this week online. I'm sure many of you. Uh, read these as well. Vic Taffer has one out right now on The Athletic that he put out on Friday. Why negotiations between Raiders and Josh Jacobs are expected to go down to the wire. If you missed it, I'm going to share parts of of the story with you right now. So just sit back and and relax with me here for a second. Okay, so I'm just going to jump into the, the, uh, you know, kind of a, a, Part of the story here, and I'll just read it for you. Uh, The deadline for franchise tag players to sign multi-year contracts is Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Once the deadline passes, Jacobs is prohibited from signing a long-term deal until the end of the regular season on January 7th, 2024. The same goes for running backs uh, Saquon Barkley and Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram. Jacobs and the Raiders have discussed numbers, and the expectation is that negotiations will come down to the wire. Barkley has hinted that he might hold out and refuted a report that he turned down an offer of two years for $26 million, but Jacobs has kept quiet, sort of. Jacobs has had some cryptic and some not-so-cryptic posts on social media indicating uh, he is not happy with how negotiations are going. He joked at the end of last season that he was ready for a hero turn villain scenario if all he was left with is the franchise tag. If Jacobs does not show up for training camp, he cannot be fined because he has not signed the franchise tender. Officially, he's an unsigned player who is not on the roster and not even allowed to participate unless he signs either the franchise tender or a new agreement. Neither side is commenting on negotiations. There is no question that Jacobs has earned more security, more than the $10.1 million franchise tag, but that doesn't mean the Raiders will give him that kind of deal Uh, The deal that he is looking for. And some of that stems from last offseason. The Raiders' new brass had no idea how good Josh Jacobs was when they came in last season, or else they would have picked up the fifth-year option the 2019 first-round running back was eligible for that would have put him under contract for this season for about $8 million. But the Raiders declined that and even played Jacobs in the first two series of last year's Hall of Fame game to open the preseason before learning quickly that he could excel regardless of the system or a work-in-progress offensive line. Jacobs has a bounce in his step and is shifty enough to avoid big hits, and coach Josh McDaniels promptly had his quarterback hand Jacobs the ball 340 times and throw it to him another 53. Jacobs, age 25, led the league with 1,653 yards rushing and 2,053 yards from scrimmage. He was named first-team All-Pro. So why not just pay him the $13 million for two or three years? Jacobs is young, a team leader, he was added as a team captain during last season, and has proven to be durable. Three reasons. One, the Patriots have never paid uh, paid top running backs top dollar and McDaniels and Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler want to stay true to their former boss Bill Belichick's model. Two, the NFL has devalued running backs annually, and it hasn't been wrong. Rookies and free agents have mostly performed well when plugged into teams with solid offensive lines. And three, the big one, the Raiders have no idea what they want to be. A year ago, Ziegler traded a first and a second round pick for Devontae Adams and then gave 32-year-old defensive end Chandler Jones $32 million guaranteed because they were shooting for the playoffs. That lasted about a month. The Raiders blew a ton of leads, suffered a couple of their most embarrassing losses in the last 20 years, and wound up benching quarterback Derek Carr because he and McDaniels couldn't get on the same page. They fouled up a 10-7 and season, in the 2020 season in 2021 that included a playoff appearance by winning six games and then didn't make any exciting moves this offseason the Raiders won't use the rebuilding word around Adams and defensive star Max Crosby but Ziegler and owner Mark Davis have both said they won't judge the 2023 season on the number of wins they are looking for improvement from what they hope is a young core of players including second year running back zamir white so you can see the reluctance to give a veteran running back 30 million dollars guaranteed or somewhere in that ballpark i'm going to stop there uh but it does continue on if you want to Check out the rest of Vic's uh, piece on the athletic, but I want i to give you my two cents on this. And, and I think Vic did an excellent job of, of highlighting the major factors or, or hang-ups, uh, I'll call it, um, on the Raiders' part. You know, we have to look at the Patriots' model to get some insight on how uh, Ziegler has been brought up. You know, the philosophies that have been ingrained in him. It, it doesn't—you know—it doesn't mean that he'll follow it to a T, but that's just one of the ways that we can kind of infer. Um, and and we've discussed it previously. It's it's not just, it's just not in the Patriots DNA to, to value the running back. We have seen it from them, uh, for years. Um, but I do think the one, um, point that he makes that just makes the most sense to me anyways, of his three points is the final one point. Number three, the Raiders have no idea what they want to be right now. Um, You know, I I think what we saw at the beginning of last season. You know, obviously they were kind of going for it. That all kind of changed mid-season. Now I think they know that they are a young team now, in in the middle of a rebuild. But at the same time, they have to be very cautious how they're going about advertising that, not so much to the owner or to the fan base, but to the the locker room, uh, to the veterans in the locker room, particularly. Devonte Adams and Max Crosby, who are are high paid players, elite level players, uh, well respected players in that locker room, who want to win games now. Uh, these are guys who Adams still in the prime of his career, Crosby I think is still entering uh, you know the prime of his career. And the last thing that those two guys want to hear about, uh, it, it, the last thing they want to hear about, and the last thing they want to be asked about by the media is how they feel about a rebuild. So Ziegler and McDaniels have their work cut out for them, and they are walking a very fine line between planning and building a consistent winner for the future, but also uh, keeping their most coveted and their most talented and well-respected players happy and not allowing them to become discouraged with the idea of a long, drawn-out, uh, what could be a frustrating Rebuild. Now, I think Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley were were kind of hoping that one of them would make the first move, and then that would kind of set the bar for the other person. With only a couple of days left now before this deadline on Monday, that could be very tricky. There's just not a whole lot of time left for that to occur. Uh, even if, let's say, Barkley was to get a deal done on Saturday. You know That would only give the Raiders and, and, and uh, Jacobs uh, a short window there to try to top that deal, because I'm sure that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, so ultimately, what I think what we're going to see happen here, just to kind of wrap this all up, uh, I don't think we're going to see Jacobs get the long-term contract that he's looking for. I believe uh, the Raiders are definitely... Uh, firm in their position on this. I believe Jacobs is firm on his position in this for now. And that if he does not get that contract that he's looking for, he will not report to camp. Um, I will not be shocked to see him sit out the entire uh, training camp, uh, the entire preseason. I don't think you'll see him. Um, In fact, you know you can't see him (laughs) if he's not under contract. Uh, So you have to sign that franchise and he cannot be find during that period as well and then i think um you know it's possible that he would return for the start of the season just before week one um because that is when he would begin to lose money because he would miss those game checks um now i do wonder one of the things i do think could happen um is during this holdout period if it does occur you know how much damage would be done uh, to the trust uh, and, and and to the relationship? Because I'm sure there's already been some damage done to this point, especially on the trust side of things. Jacobs has been more than loyal um, to the organization. He's done everything that's been asked of him. He has shown, I mentioned the, the football camp, and, um, that he puts on, you know, he, he's a a community leader. Um, For the most part, he stayed out of trouble. He did have the DWI. uh, But, you know, for the most part, he's been a pretty model uh, citizen, a great locker room fixture. So I, I wonder, you know, about the relationship, you know, from his point of view, he's got to be saying to himself, what more could I do? Right. Um, You know, would a trade be an option? Now I do believe they could still trade him, even if he, even if they are not able to get a long-term contract extension done by Monday, I still think they kind of own his rights, so he, they could trade him at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, could the Raiders go out then and sign uh, another running back for less money? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Some other running backs that are still out there. Delvin Cook is out there. Could they get him to sign for less than $10 million? Would they even want to spend you know, that kind of money on a running back? Um, or will they be comfortable embracing the youth movement with Zamir White and and Britton Brown? So there's a, there's a lot of that that could occur during a holdout. It kind of reminds me of the Khalil Mack situation, and, and so you just never know how these types of things will play out. But we will find out soon as the Monday deadline approaches. Uh, we'll find out what's going to happen with the long-term contract negotiations. Will they or will they not happen? We are down to the wire. It is time for me to get to my first break. Before we do that, though, I want to make one correction on something I said here just a minute ago. Uh, I mentioned that Josh Jacobs was involved with the DWI. I misspoke. He was involved in a one-car crash, if you recall. I believe it was two years ago. uh, But he was not charged with with anything. He was looking at uh, charges of DUI that, in fact did not happen. Those charges were dropped. So I want to make sure that I made that correction uh, before we get to our break. But when we return, we will uh, be joined by our guest this week, Alex Monfrida, editor and reporter uh, from the Raider Ramble. So you don't want to miss that conversation coming right back at you on Just Pod Baby brought to you by sportsnot.com.
0: Same goes for Josh Jacobs, the Raiders running back, uh, and the team are not close to an extension. And our Tom Pelissero, uh told you a while back that he wouldn't be at training camp, and likely, or possibly, excuse me, it could hold out. Or he could hold out into the regular season. So this is one to watch if a deal is not done. Again, we've got no indication that anything is imminent there.
1: Welcome back, Raider Nation. That was audio from Mike Garofolo courtesy of the NFL Network, bringing us back in there from our break. Now, sources telling him that the two parties, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, are not close at this time, and that is uh, as of Friday evening. So I would say buckle up at this time, Raider Nation. It's going to get a little bit more bumpy uh, along the way here. But I do digress, and I want to continue the conversation uh, around Josh Jacobs, and why not? Because you know there isn't a whole lot else to talk about at this time. Uh, but I do want to I do want to welcome in our guest this week, reporter and editor from the Raider Ramble, Alex Monfrida joins us now on the phone. Uh, Alex does a great job at the Raider Ramble, and I encourage you guys all go out there, give him a follow on Twitter. That's at Alex M O N. F-R-E-D-A, and one of the reasons that I've decided to bring Alex on this week is because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I read a story that he wrote about what he believes is the is the Raiders' mishandling of this whole entire Josh Jacobs situation, so I wanted to get him on the show to dive a little bit deep, deeper into uh, some of his thoughts and, and also discuss some of the other headlines Uh, as we work our way into uh, training camp here as well. So, Alex, first of all, well done on your story. I really enjoyed it. And then second, thanks for making some time for us, and and welcome to the show.
0: Absolutely, and thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, Let's jump right into it now. You know, I want to preface this conversation by, by saying that throughout this whole process between Josh Jacobs and the Raiders, I've been pretty consistent with my stance going back to... Uh, when they declined the fifth-year option, I was okay with that. I, I thought that was an okay move. Um, then when they decided to place the franchise tag on him, I was also on board with that move as well. And I've been saying it for months now on the podcast that I, I just don't think it's in the best interest of the Raiders, long-term anyways, to invest you know, th- three to four years at fourteen to $16 million a year in a running back when the team is in this rebuild mode. Now, that being said, as I'm reading your story, you made some very compelling points. And, and I don't disagree with you that, in hindsight, uh, that the Raiders may have mismanaged this whole situation. But let's start with, let's go back a little bit. When the Raiders declined the fifth-year option a year ago, you know, they could have locked up Jacobs for the 2023 season for only $8 million instead of the $10 million that he will earn uh, if he does decide to sign the franchise tag or even maybe more money if if they are able to strike a long-term deal by the deadline of Monday. But, but do you think that was kind of the first domino that fell in this whole saga? How much of a factor do you think maybe Josh Jacobs feeling a little bit disrespected Um, how much of a factor has that played into this whole contract stalemate to this point?
0: So let me first start by saying that I think it was very, very reasonable that as I wrote that Josh McDaniels, he comes in, he's very high on Josh Jacobs as is, because when he did the scouting report with new England in the 2019 draft, he did a lot of research on Josh Jacobs. Unfortunately, the Patriots, he didn't fall to the Patriots because they had just won the Super Bowl. They had 32nd pick. He didn't get to him, but you know, uh, Josh McDaniels comes in, he loves him. And then he declines the option right away, despite loving him. I think that is extremely reasonable because he doesn't know. He's never coached him, you know? He he thinks he knows what Josh Jacobs is. He doesn't. So I, I think it was very reasonable. Um, I don't know how much it played into as far as him being disrespected, but I think there has to be some human emotion here where you're Josh Jacobs, you're watching all your teammates just strike these big deals, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and then you're just not getting it, you know? And this is – the coach comes in, he already loves you. There has to be some human emotion where even if you understand it, you still just can't help but feel a little disrespected. And I, I think that has to exist no matter how reasonable you view it. And it, it has to be viewed as the first domino. It has to be, regardless of how reasonable the move was. Because, like I said, McDaniels never coached Jacobs. If if Jacobs turns out to not be the player McDaniels thought he was, easy out. It's no harm. But, um, yeah, man. I think that it was a very good move, and even though the Raiders now have to pay more to keep Jacobs if they choose to do so, I think it was a risk that you had to take, and it was very much worth the, very much worth the risk, because the opposite of this is you pay Jacobs $8 million a year, Jacobs isn't that guy, and then you're locked into that contract, and now what? You, you made a move that you shouldn't have made. So I think um, even though that they have to pay more now to keep Jacobs, it was a necessary evil, just to make sure.
1: Yeah and you know you mentioned uh, McDaniels and Ziegler the new you know the new front office and coaching staff coming in not knowing um Jacobs you know they they knew him from scouting reports but <clears throat> having had the opportunity to get into the locker room coach him up and and get to know him more on a personal level he checked that box off and and as you pointed out very well in your piece Jacobs also checked off a lot of other boxes he did enough to warrant a long term commitment from the Raiders. Um, as many fans have pointed out, myself included, um, you know, I, I've been one to kind of point out the injury history, um, maybe a, even a lack of production uh, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. But he dismissed both of those arguments in this past season. He was a workhorse running back, carrying the ball uh, 340 times, which is the second most. Uh, Rushing attempts in the NFL behind Derrick Henry. He did not miss a game this past season. He was also a top ten pass catching running back. You know he held up his end of the bargain, improved his worth, and on top of that, they also decided him decided to name him a team captain uh, midway through the season. So uh, it, it seems as if the Raiders are now, you know, kind of leaving him at the altar so to speak. J- uh, Jacob's even tweeted it out, bad business back in June. You know, what's your thoughts on on how this looks to future potential free agents who the Raiders might want to try to attract to their organization? Do you think players pay attention to this sort of thing or is it just, you know, strictly business to them and they're going to go wherever the money takes them? I think
0: as a player, because the players, they're players, but they're people. And you have to pay attention to this as a person. Because when you join a new team, a lot of the time, we're talking premier free agents this is speaking to, because this relates to Jacob says he's a premier free agent. And this is, premier free agent, sorry. But um we're talking guys that are normally 26, 27. They're not just looking for a payday. They're looking for a home. They're looking for a place to settle in. And you've got to take all of this into account if you're a player, because they're a person and they're trying to start their own life on top of that. And, these are things that you look and it, it's not just job security because realistically, if the Raiders don't pay Jacobs, somebody's going to pay Jacobs, and th- that's the way it is. So it's not really job security being that if Jacobs isn't playing with the Raiders, he's playing with somebody else for a high price tag, but it's, it's life security and your settlement and what you're building in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like that sort of thing. And just I think free agents – that That's why it's bad business because they see this. they see a kid, and Josh Jacobs is a kid twenty five years old he They see a kid who's just coming off the season of being the most productive at his position, and he has his whole career ahead of him, Josh Jacobs, because Josh Jacobs, another thing about him is he has no thread on his tires. He didn't start in college. he split carries every single year until this year. And these are things that you gotta note that this kid who has his whole future ahead of him, no thread on the tires most productive at his position still cannot earn a long term contract. And as an outside player, you have to see this and think that that's a little fishy. I don't I don't know what's going on over there.
1: Yeah, great point you mentioned. And and you know, Jacobs himself has even said uh this is the best that he's ever felt uh following a season. He he I heard him talking about it the other day. Uh, he was in Las Vegas and he mentioned, you know, this was the best off season he's had, and didn't have to do a lot of rehabbing and whatnot. So, you know, feeling really good uh going into this upcoming season. Uh we are joined by our guest this week, reporter and editor at the Raider Ramble, Alex Monfrida, uh giving us some of his thoughts on the Josh Jacobs contract dispute. You know, Alex, uh, I think uh Dave Ziegler he's in a bit of a tough spot personally because we all know that the team is in, is in rebuilding. But that is that's kind of a tough message to send to some of your veteran players like Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. They don't want to hear about a rebuild right now. These guys are um you know in the, in the prime of their careers and they're looking to win now. So on one hand, you know, if you're paying a running back top dollar, that may not fit the playbook of a team in a rebuild, but on the other hand, if you don't take care of you know a guy who is who is homegrown, not not by this regime, but you know he was drafted by the Raiders. He and this is this is kind of how you the blueprint, right? You draft well, and then you you sign them. Um, he's a young elite running back. What kind of message are you sending to the locker room about the direction of the franchise? You know, what's your take on that?
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're sending a message that this team is not ready and. We need to get ready. And that's a tough pill to swallow for many reasons, but it's even tougher because the locker room has already watched this with Derek Carr. They watched it with Darren Waller. They've seen these guys. They don't know what's going on with Hunter Renfro. That's a whole different story to tackle, but you know, there's a lot of moving parts here and they've seen a lot of it already and they've seen themselves moving backwards and you really don't want to keep doing that. You're right. I think Ziegler is in a very tough position and as we talked about before, he kind of did this to himself, but a lot of it was necessary evils. but yeah, it, it, it is a very tough position for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I got one more, uh, jocks, Jacobs related question, um, before we move on to some other topics, we're down to the wire here. The deadline is, is Monday, uh, 4 PM Eastern time to get that franchise or, or to work out a term uh, contract. Um, Ultimately, how do you see this situation play out? Um, could this lead to a holdout? Uh, you know, miss time in training camp. Is he? You know, would he be willing to give up game checks and miss games? How do you see this sh- shaken out?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. It's very loaded too. I think that we can see. I do think that missing camp is likely. I'm pretty sure Josh Josh himself has said that. That he's willing to do that. Uh, don't quote me on that, but no, I, I believe he did I, say.
1: <laughs> I, I believe you're correct on hmm. that. Yeah, he, he says he's winning the whole.
0: So. Yeah, so I, I do think that's very likely. Hold out, very likely too. I don't know how how many game checks he's willing to miss because you're absolutely right, man. At the end of the day, if you're holding out, you're missing out on checks, and why would you do that to yourself? Not many guys are willing to do that because why would they? I don't know if Josh is willing to do that, but he seems very firm on his stance, so. You never know man i it, it's a very tough situation. how I see it playing out I think if you're the Raiders you at this point so when free agency started, let me say I was kind of I was impartial because as much as I think Josh Jacobs is an amazing player to your point, running back is it's an important position, but the player who plays it isn't necessarily too important you know you know what i'm trying to say absolutely
1: absolutely yeah
0: but um you know the reason why i was having that stance partially is because there's a lot of bigger fish to fry with the raiders roster of linebacker core, for example but you know the raiders elected not to fry those fish so it kind of leaves you with you you got to give josh the money now because you didn't allocate it elsewhere and i think that's ultimately what's going to happen
1: yeah, but both sides, as you said, seem to be really kind of entrenched in their positions. And uh, who knows? It, it's it's a little bit ugly now, but it could get a little bit more uglier, uglier here in the next couple of weeks. But let's move on to some other topics. Training camp is about 10 days away now. Uh, one of the more intriguing camp battles that I'm going to be following is at the cornerback position. Uh, the position got a, a total facelift uh, this offseason. Duke Shelley, Brandon uh, Faison, David Long Jr., they drafted rookie Jacorian Bennett. Uh, they're all going to be in the mix uh, to compete for for a job, uh, starting job, along, along with Nate Hobbs, who I prefer to be put more in the slot. I hope they go back to that with him this year, but... Um, there was also some rumors a couple weeks ago that a possible marriage with free agent Marcus Peters, that hasn't happened yet. But um, again, how do you foresee this this battle shaking out as far as starters go on the outside?
0: All right, so let me start by saying I'm, I'm actually a firm believer that the cornerback room is extremely underrated for the Raiders. I think that when you're talking about guys like Duke Shelley... He doesn't have a big name, but you look at his analytics last year. They were out of this world. They were absolutely out of this world. He was in a league with Sauce Gardner, and that's it. And we all know how dominant Sauce Gardner was last year. And Ja'Cory and Bennett, I am also extremely high on. He put up numbers better than Deontay Banks, his counterpart at Maryland. You know, there's a lot of um, – Banks might have went up against some tougher guys here and there, but, you know, they rotated. They both played against ones and twos. But, yeah, just – uh, Banks went, what do you go, 24th overall, I believe, to the Giants? Yeah, I don't yeah, first remember ra- when the late Giants first hit. round,
1: I think that's correct, yep. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that goes to show you, I believe the main difference is Banks is two inches taller than J'courney and Bennett, and that's, I mean, some people clearly find that concerning in the NFL world. I don't personally, because Banks, uh, Bennett, sorry, is still 5'11", that's a good height, but I f- Bennett and Duke Shelley are by far my two favorite outside corners. Okay, so you I like them.
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: I like them starting. I don't know if it's going to play out that way. I I really do think that the Raiders are in love with this Nate Hobbs to the outside experiment, and I'm totally with you that I prefer him in the slot. I mean, how could you not? You look at his rookie year. You look at his sophomore year. It's it's very one sided, but um. I think that's what they're going to try to do is still continue this Nate Hobbs to the outside experiment in a perfect world, my perfect world. We're looking at Jacorian Bennett on one side. We're looking at Duke Shelley on the other. We're looking at Nate Hobbs in the slot. We're looking at David Long um, playing the second slot, so to speak, dime. And one guy who I actually think is on the outside looking in that a lot of people might not agree with me with this, and I might be totally off with this. I think Tyler Hall is on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, you know I'm 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 hearing a lot about the kid, you know, and I don't know a ton about him to be perfectly honest with you, but I the more I read, I keep I keep seeing his name pop up, but uh so I'll have to keep that one in mind here as, as training camp Gets underway. I do want to ask you about one other uh, position group that I have spent a lot of time on the podcast uh, talking about, and that's the linebacker position. In my opinion, they are the weakest level uh, of all three of the defense. Uh, Divine Diablo is going to be expected to take a big step forward uh, this year. They're going to give him the green dot. He's going to be the leader out there on defense. We talked. We we've heard about how he's put on some some size and some weight. We'll see how he's able to handle that. Uh, and we'll see if he can make that that jump and become the type of player that McDaniels believes he can be. But what is your level of concern uh, with the Raiders uh, linebacker group?
0: So I like to keep it upbeat. That said, this is the biggest challenge to keep upbeat, looking at that Raiders linebacker core. Oh, man, it is an eyesore. And I, I hope they prove me wrong, of course, but it is an eyesore on the surface. Divine Diablo, to me, he's kind of that guy, jack of all trades, ace of none, he doesn't really, in my eyes, he doesn't have that thing that he excels in. And he's kind of average or below average, dare I say, in a lot of things, in my eyes. And Robert Spillane, he's very one dimensional. He's not that guy that's going to give you a lot of everything. Very one-dimensional. He's very one dimensional. He's very 4 3 MLB to the T. Um, I mean, there's. I would have liked to – this goes back to what I was saying with the Jacobs thing where I would have liked to see them allocate money elsewhere, specifically with the linebacker unit. Um, Tremaine Edmonds does big fish. Money was up there. I get it that they passed on. Levante David, I I really didn't get that, how they passed on him. Maybe he took less money to stay in Tampa, very possible, but I I can't see it where it's so significant that Dave Ziegler was like, it's not worth my time. It it didn't make sense to me. I really would have loved to see them tackle more, get – more versatility in there because that's another thing with Patrick Graham is versatility, versatility, but you look at this linebacker core and it really doesn't feature much of it. Divine Diablo maybe, but again, he doesn't really excel at anything. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're a good unit for any defensive coordinator. Never mind Patrick Graham who wants all this versatility and just doesn't have any.
1: Yeah. And, and, and one of my biggest concerns is the lack of experience. I mean, uh, with Luke Masterson, uh, Darian Butler, Divine Diablo, uh, uh, Robert Spillane, who you mentioned, and then they drafted the rookie Amari Butler, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I think Spillane is the most uh, veteran guy there, with four years of experience under his belt. So there, not only is there a lack of, of um, you know talent there, there's also an extreme lack of of experience, and I think that's that, and that really is what concerns me the most. But Alex Monfrida, everybody, we thank you for your time. Please follow Alex on Twitter, at Alex Monfrida, M-O-N-F-R-E-D-A, and support his work over at the Raider Ramble. Again, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Keep up the great work you do for Raider Nation, Alex.
0: Thank you so much. And let me just say, Evan, you are the first person to ever get my name right first try, and I really appreciate that.
1: (laughs) No problem, man. We'll get you on again sometime down the road.
0: Absolutely, man. Take care.
1: All right, there he goes, Alex Monfrida of the Raider Rambo. Nothing but respect for the guys over there. I've been a fan uh, from afar of what uh, Mario Tover has been able to to build. And so, you know, make sure you're out there supporting those guys. There's enough, listen, there's enough great content out there uh, being created and provided for us all to get a little bit of the spotlight. So it's always good to look out for a a fellow content uh, creator. Raider Nation, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, training camp is around the corner. I'll be back with you again in two weeks. Uh, In the meantime, take care of yourselves, rest up and get your minds right before the start of training camp. I'm looking forward to covering it for you. And I hope you guys are looking forward to joining me along the way. Thanks again to our guest, Alex Montefrida. I am your host, Evan Grote. And until the next time, take care everyone. And as always, just win, baby.